It is Sunday, October 11th, and we welcome you to the live stream worship service of Mayflower Church. It is a beautiful, colorful fall day. We are so very happy that you've chosen to spend this morning in worship with us. I am Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, and on behalf of Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, our interim senior pastor, and Dr. Julia Brown, our music director, I want to extend a special welcome to those of you who have faithfully joined us each week, as well as those of you who are new to the Mayflower Livestream service. This morning, we are blessed to have Emily Smith and Tanya Freud as our cantors. And as always, we are grateful to Pat McGuire, our broadcast director. As you may be aware, we are in an interim leadership season. I would like to introduce Ginger Young, the chair of our Senior Pastor Search Committee, for an update on the search process. Good morning. As Ruth said, my name is Ginger Young, and I am chairperson of the Mayflower Senior Minister's Search Committee. While I am honored to serve with this wonderful committee of Mayflower members, I am not the leader of this endeavor. God is. And I have faith that he will lead us toward the individual who is the right person for this church. Our committee, consisting of Andy Scott, Phil Idema, Rachel Haddad, Steve Waltman, Jessica Rupert, Amy Conway, and myself has been meeting regularly for about a month and making great progress in our endeavor to search for our next church leader. We have been working hard at developing both a profile of Mayflower to present to potential candidates as well as discerning the wants and desires of the congregation as we review and digest the data contained in the survey that more than 150 members have completed. Thank you for taking time to complete that survey. We are now poised to move on to the next step. With the unanimous approval of the Executive Committee, we have hired Vander Blomen Search Group as our consultant to lead and walk alongside us on this journey. Vander Blomen is a search firm that exclusively works with churches and Christian organizations, understanding their needs and unique organizational structures and theological philosophies. There are a number of reasons why we chose to partner with us. Their staff has 250 years of collective church leadership, 250 years. They have completed 500 searches for churches, ministries, and faith-based organizations. They have 85,000 Christian leaders in their database, the largest in the United States. They pre-screen candidates. They do background checks on the applicants. They guarantee that if the individual we hire does not work out, for whatever reason, within two years of the hire, they will help us to find a replacement at no cost to us. They are strategic in their approach, making them both effective and efficient, using wisdom and discernment to find the right person in accordance with God's will. All that being said, working with Vanderblomen will expedite the process of finding the right senior minister for Mayflower reducing the typical search time of what most websites say, 18 to 24 months, down to approximately six months. They will open a world of possibilities to us, and they will share all their experience and expertise with our search committee to ensure the right hire in a timely fashion. To that end, Brian Jensen the consultant assigned to us will be meeting with our committee next Thursday to, as he put it, learn about the DNA of Mayflower. And he says, it is our job to make sure the minister is a great fit in character, competence, and chemistry. We ask for your prayers for our committee and for God's continued guidance. 
Specifically, we ask that God grants us patience, wisdom, faith, and unity as we move forward toward our goal. Thank you for the honor of serving you in this important mission. And thank you, Ginger, so very much. And now, Dr. Julia Brown with a word about today's music. Later in the service, you will hear a duet, The Prayer. It's a familiar ballad, award-winning, and uh, recorded by Celine Dion and Andrea Bocelli. And in the words of Carol Sager, who wrote the lyrics to this piece, she says, I think this song embodies everything I looked for my whole life. And you'll hear this recurring um, sent, these sentences. Lead us to the place, guide us with your grace to a place where we'll be safe. I think that connects us to Psalm 23, which is one of the readings for today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So you will hear, woven through all the music today, references to the Good Shepherd and to Psalm 23. Many of you have been asking about the reopening of the church. The Church Council is keenly aware of the opinions and passions represented by our congregation. And here to share more about the reopening is our church moderator, Jim Rogers. Thank you, Ruth. Good morning, Mayflower friends. I'm Jim Rogers, this year's moderator. I wonder if we can count the number of times you have heard someone use the phrase, these are challenging and unprecedented times. Uh, Well, count them up and add one more because these are, in fact, challenging and unprecedented times. Uh, It's cliche and it's very true. Pardon me. But you don't need me to tell you this. Uh, You're experiencing today's service uh, from somewhere other than the sanctuary here at 2345 Robinson Road. Um, It doesn't seem normal. It is definitely not normal. Uh, I've been working remotely since January, and my son has been working remotely since March. And, um, well, somehow he got my office, and I got a corner of the furnace room in the basement, but that's a separate issue. Uh, We aren't expected to return to work physical office building or to see customers in person until at least May of next year. Um, That's not normal. It's temporary. It's not normal. It's temporary. Everything has a season and this will pass. Um, All of the things we used to do, we used to go to the office every day. Maybe we went to the gym every day. Maybe we had a weekly card game. We hugged our grandkids all the time. We went to full crowded restaurants and while we ate inside, um, all of these things we did, we had big weddings that are now reduced to 15 or 20 family members. Uh, these things are not normal. Uh, the, we, we came here and we actually had church service together and we kibbutzed and we had coffee afterward and we had youth group every week and we had Bible studies, which, by the way, are still taking place. Um, and that was normal and that felt good and we felt connected. And that's not happening right now. And many of these best things, they just changed almost overnight and they've persisted and we're getting tired of it and you're getting tired of it and I'm getting tired of it. Uh, we're all getting tired of it. And this is not how we want to live. Um, We want to feel reconnected again. We want to be together again. And right now, maybe we're feeling confined or we feel constricted and we feel frustrated and disconnected from the places and the experiences and the people 
that make us whole. And we want this to stop, and we want to get back to normal again. Um, we see the schools are, are back in swing, and we see some of the other church parking lots on Sundays that are, are full, and they're wide open, and we wonder, why isn't Mayflower back to normal right now? Um, I know many of us ask that, and we feel that. Even if we don't ask it, we think it. And what we don't see sometimes is that some of those cars that are in the parking lots, they don't come back the next week. And a couple more don't come back the week after that. Um, I don't need to obviously talk about the the dangers of, of COVID and why all this stuff is happening or why my neighbors, two of them who are school teachers, are now in quarantine because the week after they started classes, they're back home um, sick. And one of them is seriously sick, uh, and she's young and healthy otherwise. Um, So Mayflower has been cautious, and, and I think some believe that Mayflower has been overly cautious or unnecessarily cautious, and I understand that. I think we all understand that. Um... The decision of when and how to reopen Mayflower is based 100% on safety, 100% on safety. Uh, But this doesn't help us feel any more connected, right? Um, We all want to be together and we want to be in person. And so what is our plan for reconnecting people and reengaging people and reopening Mayflower? Uh, when do we get to be together again at 2345 Robinson Road? Well, first I'm happy to announce that there is a phased reopening taking place, starting with Monday Bible studies. Uh, look for details in the news to use in the weekly communication. Secondly, uh, Church Council is using its next meeting uh, to specifically address options for reopening Mayflower Uh, There's a very strong passion in that group uh, for getting Mayflower back open, and I'm confident we will have plans, real plans, that we can communicate to the congregation soon. Uh, The combined recommendations from Church Council, myself, Jonathan, Julia, and the COVID task force will lead us to a safe reengagement and reopening. Third, we need to do a better job of communicating. You wouldn't know that reopening plans our daily discussion at Mayflowers because we haven't done a very good job of sharing this information. And you have my commitment that communication will be better. Finally, Mayflower is not cutting programs and is not cutting staff. Uh, The reality is that the cost to run Mayflower does not decrease during COVID. Uh, In fact, as we re-engage physically at Mayflower, we will likely incur additional expenses for sanitation and a different kind of cleaning than we're accustomed to, and uh, additionally, modernizing our streaming capabilities to make sure that we are built for the long run for those who don't want to come back in person right away. So our continued giving is is very much needed. Uh, So I'm asking that at this time we offer our prayers and our support to Jonathan and to Julia and the rest of the Mayflower staff as they work so hard to deliver beautiful and thoughtful weekly stream services with these challenging yet temporary obstacles. So know that plans are being made to re-engage safely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jim, for your presence with us here. This week would have been our third IHN rotation for 2020, if 2020 was a normal year. Because of COVID, Family Promise has shifted their model of housing families and churches and instead moved the families to hotels. Generous donors, along with the United Way, have made this possible. One way for us to continue to care for these families is to join as donors for the hotel expenses but also provide some much-needed tangible items. So, the Mayflower 29-Up group is hosting a drive-through donation today from 12 to 2 to collect these much-needed items for the families being served by Family Promise. So please check the website 
for the items that are being requested. They include things like winter coats and boots, cleaning supplies, and other household items. Also partnering with the 29 Up and the drive through donation are friends at New City Kids. They are, New City Kids is one of Mayflower's outreach partners, and they provide tutoring and musical education to at-risk kids in Grand Rapids. So their musicians are going to be playing under the portico from 12 to 2, and you are invited to leave a donation for their ministry as well. So please join us today after the service to, to learn more about these important ministries. Thank you. Let us begin our time of worship with a call to worship from Isaiah 25. O Lord, you are our God. We will exalt you. We will praise your name. You have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. You have been a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. You are the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and worship the Lord of our salvation.
Let us pray. Holy One, in the words of the prophet Isaiah, the song of the ruthless was stilled, and on the mountain of the Lord of hosts, a feast of rich food will be made for all peoples. We crave this today, an end to bitterness and strife, and the provision of a great banquet for all. As our shepherd, please lead us today. Restore us, assure us, and comfort us. May we overflow with your goodness and mercy. Amen. scripture reading this morning is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our second scripture reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized the slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy One, we ask that this service, streaming through one of the forces of the universe, Bring our audience and us closer to you. And we also realize that this this appeals mainly to adults. We ask you to bless our children and our young families. And as Jim said, help us to devise a way that we can get together again. And families and children can fill this place with their laughter and noise. We ask all this in the name of the Christ. Amen. For the past few weeks, Ruth and I have been following the Revised Common Lectionary. That is a work that divides the Bible into, most of the Bible, into three different years. This year, the Gospel of Matthew is emphasized, and we have been looking at Matthew's parables. Some of Matthew's parables are confusing. Today's parable is really confusing. First, when Matthew uses the word friend, watch out. When you're called friend, Something bad is going to happen. Why? Matthew style. We have a story of a wedding banquet. Okay, Jesus uses, his ba- Jesus uses banquets to uh, show the kingdom of God. As Tony Campolo says, the kingdom of God is a party. But people don't want to come to this party. So the king's upset. And how is he upset? He's so upset He destroys people. He burns towns and kills people because people didn't want to come to a party. In the 21st century, that doesn't make much sense. In biblical times, to a Jewish audience, used to empires going back and forth across the known world, this makes perfect sense. If you don't obey the will of the king, you're destroyed. The Assyrians did it, the Hittites did it, the Moabites did it, the Hebrews did it, 
The Romans did it. That makes sense. It doesn't make so much sense for us today. But then we get to another part of the story. And that is, everybody gets invited to the party. Both the good and the bad. That's something to ponder. And then, the poor fellow who doesn't have the right robe. He's sitting there at the party, accepts the king's invitation, and he gets called friend. Not only is he thrown out of the party, they bind him up and throw him out. And there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That must have been some party to miss. And finally, the last phrase in the story doesn't seem to have anything to do with the story. Many are called, but few are chosen. This is a strange story. A few years ago, three very well-known professors of homiletics, professors of preaching, were at Emory University, Fred Craddock, Tom Long, and Barbara Brown Taylor. They decided to go, this almost sounds like a bad joke, but it was related as a true story. They decided to go to an Atlanta Braves baseball game. Sitting in the stands, a few rows in front of them, was a man who was obviously drunk. He was, he was causing trouble, he was loud, he was boisterous, he was bothering the people around him. Security came, he resisted them, they got hold of him and escorted him out of the stadium. Fred Craddock looked at his two friends and said, well, he wasn't wearing the right robe. I don't know how many people would have understood the witticism in that joke had they not been theologians or professors of preaching. On the surface, Matthew's story is difficult to understand. But there's something rich and wonderful in this story. And to approach that, Let's use a concept called deep time. Astrophysicists and geologists use that concept to talk about the length of either the cosmos or the earth. And they show that the last few seconds involve humanity. Well, Christian mystics have been using the concept of deep time in a different way, and they've been doing that for a while. They use two Greek terms. One, chronos, which is the chronological movement of time. It's everyday time, ordinary time. But they also use a concept called kairos. Kairos refers to a stopping of Kronos and a movement toward depth. Kairos involves a holy encounter. Kairos is a place of silence where the noise and clutter of the everyday life is quieted, where the holy is encountered. The mind is cleared. In Jesus' words, eyes are opened and they can see. Kairos is a place of peace. It's a place where we can simply be. And in this wonderful peace, There's holy irony. We are called to action. 
when we, we return to Kronos. We are called to social justice. We are called to end systematic racism. We are called to honor the dignity in all people. We are called to economic justice. We are called to be Christians. In Kairos, we learn that creeds, confessions, and belief systems fall to the wayside to living the life that Christ would have us live and doing the things that Christ would have us do. Let's look at this parable in terms of Kairos. Okay, we already understand that Jesus' audience would have picked up on, you disobey the will of the king, the king's coming after you. But there's some other things going on here too. It's the invitation. If the banquet is God's kingdom, and Jesus probably meant it that way, Matthew certainly seems to, if the banquet is God's kingdom, everybody is invited Both the good and the bad. That is God's grace. It is universal. It is unqualified. It is not earned. It is the nature of God. Invite everyone. Now the poor guy who doesn't have a wedding robe. This isn't as problematic as it seems. What is the wedding robe? It's acknowledging the grace of God. It's acknowledging the holiness of the moment of Kairos. It's acknowledging that while the holy is a behavior in the world of Kronos... Holiness is a way of being in Kairos. It is simply being in God's presence. And as we've said in these past few parables, it's an invitation, not a command. Our communion table is open to everyone. We don't make anyone come forward. The person in the metaphorical wedding robe wants to be miserable. The person without that wedding robe wants to live in the land of gnashing teeth and weeping. That person's chosen to be the victim. person isn't looking for happiness, isn't looking for quietness, isn't looking for the sacred. The person is working and choosing to be miserable. No one has to accept the grace that surrounds us. God is calling us to a banquet. He is calling us to a place of peace. God is calling us to be one of God's children. And as a child, the children we hope fill up this church soon As a child, we have the joy of simply being. As a child, we move from Kairos to Kronos. And we exist. I would like to close today with a prayer 
from James Fenley. I heard this prayer this week on a podcast called Turning to the Mystics. You can bow your head and pray with me. You can leave your eyes open. You can simply listen. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Come to Kairos. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. an invitation to a banquet, an invitation to the kingdom of heaven. There's also an invitation to participate in the kingdom by giving to the ministry of Mayflower Church. Thank you for generously supporting Mayflower through your gifts and time.
Lord, lead us to a place. Guide us with your grace. And help us to be safe. We dedicate our gifts, tithes, and offerings for your purposes here at Mayflower and in the world. May our faith shine. Amen. It is now the time in our service for our congregational prayer. We can pray in many ways, through silence, in song, with our words. This morning, we're going to incorporate all three, beginning with a sung call to prayer, followed by a time of silence. Holy God, help us come and find a quiet center in the crowded lives we lead. We need room for hope to enter. So please clear the chaos and the clutter that surround us and clear our eyes that we can see all the things that really matter. Lord, remind us of what really matters. And may we be at peace and learn to simply be in your holy presence.
Lord, help us to embrace silence as a friend who claims us. God, it is you who speak and name us. You know our very being. When we have questions and deep concerns because this world feels so unsteady and unsafe, make space within our thinking. Lift shades to show us the sun. And grant us the courage when we're shrinking and broaden our faith. As we embrace Kairos, peace in action, be with us. Remind us of our place in your story as we pray the prayer Jesus taught the disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, come to the place of peace. Come to the silence. Come to comfort. Come to deep time. And see the goodness of God. And remember, whether you are on top of the world or the world is on top of you, God is with you always. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.